Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome to another video from Fantasy Football Scout. We are turning our attentions to fan team today and we've got something a little bit different. We've got an introduction to the second chance season game. We're going to explain some of the mechanics behind fan team, why it's different to the Premier League and it's a bit of a beginner's guide to what's going on. So if you're familiar with fan team, you know all about the second chance uh, season game. This might not be the video for you, but if you're looking at getting into fan team, uh, this is the perfect place to start. I'm joined by Josh. And if you don't know who Josh is, he won fan team last season. So he's a pretty good guy to have on talking through the basics. How are you, Josh? I'm great. Thanks, Us. How about you? I'm not too bad. Thank you. Yeah, for anyone who's you know uh, familiar with these streams, we won't be touching on uh, the monster uh, game this week. It's not even out yet at the time of recording, so we can't do that. Um, and there's no point in talking about our season-long like regular teams because there's a game week in progress. So that's why we're doing this video uh, right now. But yeah, like you said before we came on, this video, Josh, will stand the test of time because it means we can come back to it and refer it and refer to it kind of right up until the, the second chance game starts. You're looking forward to the second chance game? I am. Yeah, absolutely. It's like does what it says on the tin, really. It gives everyone sort of another opportunity if their if their season long teams aren't going so good. Um and just to say as well that the rules in this one are slightly different to the season long game. So if there's people who perhaps haven't looked at the second chance game yet, but you are familiar with the normal one, you might still want to listen just to hear a few different rules, like slight nuances to the rules for this one, I think. Nuances. That's a big word for you, Josh. Very nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I was thrilled with that one. I was absolutely <laughs> uh, right. So, so just got the graphic on the screen uh, here. So, just to run down exactly what this is, uh, essentially, it's the second half of the season uh, game. Fan team run a, a season long game, which is you know similar to FPL, which starts at the beginning of the season. Uh, this game is starting on the 14th of January, which is game week 22. Best thing about it is it's free entry. So, obviously, with fan team, it is gambling. Um, if you're going to be playing any of the games on the site, or if you're going to be entering more teams into this, obviously, gamble aware, gamble responsible know your limits all that all that stuff but this game is free you can have one free entry um, into this into this uh, game it's a hundred thousand uh, pound prize pool it's twenty thousand pounds the first place prize and then there's other sort of prize points that go down which we'll touch out kind of as the as the video uh, goes on essentially it's just a great way of, of getting into phantom if you haven't tried it uh, before and josh you love phantom don't you yeah exactly mate i think um Obviously, I'm a bit biased because I, I had last year's like bit of luck, a bit <laughs> of success, bit. obviously. But I mean, any site where you can turn 20 euros into 200,000 euros, I mean, I think that's a great opportunity for people like me who, you know, aren't the richest or don't have the most money to to invest a little and like make a lot if you get really, really lucky. So, yeah, I think... Obviously, I can't speak highly enough about it, really. Yep, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so there's a great blog that Fan Team have done, which really goes 
goes through these rules in detail. Um, I'll post the link to that in the description. We're just going to go through these basically and just cover these off and have a chat about kind of what this means when we're when we're building our team. Um, so this was posted on the nineteenth of November uh, when the when the game opens opened. Uh, and as mentioned, the, you know the big thing here is that it's the twenty thousand pound first place prize, which is a massive first place prize for a, essentially a free entry game. Yeah, and. Obviously, there's some similar sites in the UK that do slightly similar things. I think like, um, for example, Sky and uh, Sun Dream Team do like a free to enter game that's like got a big first prize. But crucially on this one, it pays down quite a lot of people. Mm. So on this fan team one, you sort of, I think you get paid if you're in like the sort of, is it top thousand or something like that? I mean, like the other ones only pay the top five, for example. So whatever it is, this one is paying way, way more people. So Yeah, I'll show you this as that. So if, if you're interested in playing, you just head over to the fan team um, website, fanteam.com. You'll find the main screen here like this. And you can see it's this £100,000 second chance season game, uh, 20k to first. And I've already entered, obviously. So it says I can enter more teams and you can enter multiple teams into this. But when you come onto this site, you'll see that it says free um, and you can just enter your team in uh, for free. So essentially, if you if you click details here, you can you, you get some more information about it. You can see how many entrants there are. So at the moment of recording, there's 3,839. There's obviously going to be a lot more before the, before the game uh, starts. Josh talks about prizes. So this is the prize breakdown. So it's £20,000 for uh, finishing first. It's seven and a half thousand pounds for coming second, two and a half thousand for coming third, one thousand seven hundred and fifty for coming fourth, and then one thousand for coming fifth. So it's really those top five spots where you're kind of earning the the big money. Um, but then even even the going down there, so six to fifteen, you get five hundred quid, sixteen to twenty, three hundred, twenty-one to thirty, two to five, thirty-one to thirty-five hundred and fifty, thirty-six to fifty hundred, and then so on and so forth. So there's payouts right the way down to finishing in the top four thousand, um, where you get a fiver back off the back of yeah. nothing as well. That's what I mean. That's the key thing to to mention here. Like it's, if your account's verified, that's the only stipulation. So because obviously you need to uh, be verified to claim a prize, right? Or like the same as any site in the world, I think. Um, as long as your account's verified, you should already have your ticket in your account um, as, as a free account. Or if you're a new user, they'll credit your free ticket as soon as you sign up and are verified. Um, but to get five, you end up getting five euros or five pounds, sorry, for come in 4,000th in a tournament. I mean, it's it's great for free, obviously. It's mm. um, But I think we're all aiming for a bit higher than that, of course. Yeah, so looking at the season-long game, uh, you've got 37,852 entrants into that, but there was no free entry into this. So I'd estimate there's going to be around that number again, which is on par with what, what you said. Um, but you've got to think, you know, for the committed, you know, non-casual manager who's going to be investing quite a lot into this, a top 4,000 plays has, has got to be achievable, right? Ten, top 10%? Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's like any game in, in fantasy typically, especially season-long ones. The more time you put into it, the the more rewards you'll hopefully get if you have that bit of luck on your side as well. So um, yeah, I think this is definitely a really good game for both committed managers and new managers who just want to like experiment and give it a go. I think it's. I think it just works for all parties, really. Yep, absolutely. Um, so let's take a look at the the rules. So a lot of these are going to be familiar to people who play official FPL or who play fan team generally. As Josh mentioned at the start, there's a few sort of subtle tweaks. Uh, so you have a starting budget of 80 million to build your initial squad. Now, 80 million is very different to 100 million that you might be used to, and there's a reason for this that we'll touch on uh, in a bit. Uh, you build a squad of 11 players, one goalkeeper, three defenders, two mids, and one forward. That's the minimum. That's exactly the same as uh, what everyone's familiar with. Uh, you can select a maximum of three players from Premier League team. Same. So it's a captain and vice-captain. Your captain scores double points. 
and your vice scores double if your captain doesn't play. Uh, safety net. This is the big one. So safety net is active. If a player does not start, he will be replaced by the next price descending starting player from the same club and position. Now, this is the major thing. And this is essentially the reason why you have a budget of 80 million and not 100 million. Josh, you want to just explain a bit about the, the safety net and why it's such an important feature to this game? Absolutely. So the safety net effectively, for those of you familiar with the normal game or, or even familiar with FPL, the safety net is replacing your bench, basically. Um, so normally you'd have four players who will come on or be on standby for your players if they don't start for whatever, if they don't play at all, rather, for whatever reason. However, with this one, you're almost guaranteed 11 starters if you pick your team appropriately. So if you pick like the second most expensive Man City defender as one example, you'd end up, if he doesn't play for whatever reason, doesn't start rather for whatever reason, you'll end up with the third most expensive City defender or the fourth most expensive City defender. So um, it sort of covers you to, if you want a piece of the Chelsea or Man City defence who, as we know, are prone to rotation, you can just pick someone who's quite highly priced within that defence and you will virtually guarantee yourself a player from that defence every single week from week 22 to the end of the season, basically. Um, and it works the same with attackers for City as well, of course, as we know. Pep's rotation is quite a popular thing. Um, it's well known anyway in the industry. So if um, if Pep does his rotation thing and sort of benches three Man City midfielders that you ex- that you expect to start, then you'll just get the fourth one down, for example. Yep. So just to give some sort of real life examples of that. So you mentioned about the City defence, for example. It means you could pick Ruben Diaz at 6.1 if he doesn't play and Laporte does you'll get him coming on 5.6. If Laporte doesn't play, you'll get Stones 5.6. If he doesn't play, you'll get Walker. So by picking Diaz, you, you guarantee that you're going to get a City defender starting for you. You'd be very unlucky, <laughs> wouldn't you, if you didn't? Imagine if Pep just plays like seven midfielders in defence oh, I mean, or something. You never know. You never know, but, but it's but it's very unlikely. So obviously, you know, when you've got rotation, um, I mean, we haven't seen too much of it with City this, this season, but Chelsea, for example, the wing-backs, you could essentially go for uh, Rhys James or, or Chilwell and know that you're going to get them or their kind of counterparts. So if you pick Chilwell and he doesn't play, Alonso's down there. I mean, you'll get James, he's, he's cheaper and, and Rudiger, but it, it works its way down. Or if you pick uh, Reese James, you're, you're going to get Rudiger, you know, right the way down to, to... So essentially what it means is that the players down the bottom of the list, so like Christensen, for example, is 5 million. He's already a rotation risk anyway, and we know, but it makes him an even worse pick on this game because there's no safety net. For him, if Christian doesn't start, you don't get any other player coming in. So Rudiger for 0.7 more ensures that you're always going to get a Chelsea defender, which is, I mean, basically don't pick Christensen. I think is 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 what yeah. we're what we're getting at here. Yeah, the key is always look towards the top of the safety net. So yeah. just just filter it by team and look at that one position. So defence we've taken in this example, sort it by price, and then you always want to be picking as a general rule one of the top three in price from a team, basically. And then you'll guarantee virtually that you get someone from that team every single week, which is a really nice sort of, well, safety net to have, really. Um, Very good. <laughs> when, it, when, it, when it comes to like setting your team, because you've only got 11, which will worry some people, because some people like having their bench, I think, and like having um, that structure and setting their bench and stuff. But safety net just makes this game a lot easier, in my opinion, to sort of yep. manage. And it always goes by price, doesn't it? So even as the weeks progress and you see, you know, you might have cheaper players, because this list won't always be sorted kind of by, you know, as the points change. But if you filter it by price, that's your safety net throughout. Yeah, exactly. It's always price order. Yeah, the only um, the only thing to add to that, I suppose, is if two players are an identical price, 
they, they do it. So the one with the higher form would be the one who comes into your team. So yeah. that's just worth noting if, if there's four Burnley defenders who are all 4.5 million or something as, as an example. So, yeah. yeah. And just to give another example of this, for example, coming into the attack, if you look at Man City's attack, it means someone like Sterling, for example, it actually becomes an option because you'd never pick them in your kind of official FPL team or you wouldn't at the time of recording, maybe maybe by the time <laughs> this, this game comes out, he's going to be back nailed into starting 11. But if you pick Sterling and he doesn't start, then you get Mares. If he doesn't start, then you get Foden. So you can pick players who, like Mares, for example, is, is might actually be a really good pick on this because you only, you're only going to get him if he starts. And when he starts, he does well. So yeah, it, makes, exactly. it, make, it makes players an option which might not otherwise have been. Exactly. I think the Man City midfield is probably the best use case for this safety net. I mean, I think I will almost certainly have someone maybe in my team, maybe not on a draft I've done up to this point, but I think thinking about it, you want a piece of that attack. If if you knew they were nailed, you would have one in your FPL team, right? If you knew they were playing every single week. So it's just a case of just making sure you do your research with the safety net and just making sure you pick one towards the top, basically. So you'll get someone. I think Mares is a really good example. Yep, absolutely. And just one thing to add to the safety net is... Um, if you captain a player that then does not start, so they get they get their safety net on for them, you would not get their safety net as the captain. So if you picked Salah and him and Mane are at the African Cup of Nations and then Jota was subbed on for him as your safety net, you would not get Jota as captain. If you captain Salah, you would still get your vice captain as captain. So it's very important to have a safe vice captain still, especially if you're a bit unsure if your captain's going to start. So um, I think that's something that's really important to note down. That's a really good advice. Something I didn't, I wasn't aware of um, as well. So yeah, that's, so we talk about my Sterling example. Sterling captain is, is okay. As long as your vice captain is on someone who you know is going to start. Yeah, exactly. It gives you that added assurance that you know you'll get someone on for Sterling, which is the good news, but you will not get that player as captain. You still need a really safe vice such as Kane or um, Salah if you know they're going to start. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, so that's uh, any other questions about this, you can always uh, DM Josh or I. And we're happy to talk you through it. Um, but that I think the safe net probably is the, is the biggest thing to, to bear in mind when you're, when you're playing this game because the safe net isn't in, in play for the regular season-long game. For example, you have a bench on that this is a longer term game with the safety net in in play i think it's the longest term one we've seen because it's in the champions league but that's like the group stages um you know as this is going to go on for what 16 weeks i don't think i've seen one with a safety net for this longer period. no it's but, normally um, for the short formats mm. typically such as the weekly monsters and as you mentioned the champions league uh, group stage game also uses this safety net feature so if people have been on the website before and sort of played some of the different games that they, they might well be familiar with with what the safety net is but um yeah, it's it's different for a season long. We've never seen it in this sort of format before. Yep. Uh, you can make unlimited changes to your team up until Game Week 22 starts at 8pm on January the 14th. So that's your final chance to get in your your, your team ready to that. There is a late reg, which we're going to talk about um, in just a sec. Uh, but generally speaking, that's when you want to have your first team entered. Uh, from Game Week 23, uh, the Game Week deadline for transfers and team changes is 90 minutes prior to the first kickoff. Same as official FPL. Uh, you have one free transfer of each Game Week. Additional transfers will cost four points each, as usual. Uh, price changes. Yeah, so this is a bit different um, as well to what people might be used to with the official game. Do you want to just talk a bit about price changes, Josh, and how they're kind of calculated and when the best time to make moves is? Absolutely. So, yeah, the um, the good news is for the people who are playing the season-long game on Fan Team, the price changes will run parallel to that. 
So, so if a player goes up on the season-long game, he will also go up on the half-season-long game. So it's good that they've kept that consistency, I think. I think it makes it um, easier for people mm. to manage teams on both of the, the games. Um, so price changes will always happen 48 hours maximum after the last game finishes of the game week. So if West Ham play on a Monday and that's the final game of the game week, the price changes will happen by Wednesday night as a, as a use case example. Um, and... So if you're playing your wild card, for example, you'll want to be doing it sort of on a Tuesday, ideally, if the last game's on a Monday, so you can catch all the price changes. Now, the way they happen is they're based on form. So if if a player has scored really highly over the past three weeks compared to how much they cost, so if a 4.5 million player, for example, gets three clean sheets in a row, he's gonna he's likely to go up in price according to the way the algorithm works it out. So... Um, there's actually a price changes site by by a good friend of the stream called FF Stuff. So I'll I'll link that on my Twitter um, after this video goes out. And I'll put it in the description as well. Yeah, it's he's his price changes are the, the very very best for fan teams. So he's had a really high success rate of guessing sort of the 20 players that will go up each week and the 20 that will go down. Um, just worth noting that's the maximum. So there's the maximum players that can go up is 20, and the maximum that can go down is 20 per week. Um, and yeah. Yeah, so there we go. Yeah, and the the sell price is the same as the as the purchase price, which again is a bit different. So nothing... very simple. It keeps it very yeah. simple. I think. Um, I know. I know my girlfriend, for example, struggles with working out how much she can sell Antonio for on FPL, for example. So it's nice that the sell price is the same as the buy price. Keeps yeah. it super simple. Absolutely, and it means you haven't got to be obsessively checking these price, you know, sites because you know within forty hours that's the only time the prices are going to change. Exactly. And for a game like this, where the safety net is enabled, I think it does allow you to just switch off for sort of mm. from Wednesday to Friday, almost you can just sort of focus on other things, such as like you said, the FPL price changes or something you can, you can leave your team after a Wednesday or Tuesday or, and come back to it on a Friday. Because in the season long game, it is, it is quite stressful because you want to make those early transfers to catch these price rises. But then of course, all the risks come with, with doing that, you know, especially in this Champions League games, all that kind of stuff. But with this, you can make those early transfers and know that you've got the safety net in place. So this game, I think definitely suits the, I wouldn't say the more casual manager, but just the person who's got less time maybe to, to think about these things. And I think it's just a perfect game to run parallel to FPL because it, some of that thought process is, is taken out a little bit. Safety net is great. I mean, yeah. I, I have to say, I use it when, when a safety net is on, I will sometimes do my transfers very, very early. So I don't have to worry about it for the rest of that week. Because um, in theory, like you say, it can't go wrong. It's like, if you brought in James at the start of the week on FPL, you would be very worried that he might play midweek mm. in the Champions League and then he's not going to play at the weekend or he might get injured in that period from Tuesday to Friday. But on this, you just know you're going to get like six other Chelsea alternative defenders if if James doesn't play. So the only thing that can really cost you is if a game gets called off for whatever reason for a whole team. But I think you just have to stomach that sometimes if, yep. if that rare occasion ever happens. Yep. So no profit can be made on player price changes until the 100k contest starts in game week 22. Uh, for example, you cannot change your team each week and profit from price rises before game week 22. So this is a little bit complicated. Um, and this is where actually making your team now and getting in players that you want to have uh, for game week 22 is the sensible play. Do you want to just explain a bit more about this, Josh? Absolutely, yeah. So fan team have blocked, which is a really good thing in my opinion. They've blocked people from buying and selling their whole team each week 
from between now and game week 22 because in theory you could make sort of 1.5 to 2 million a week if you did that and then people who've registered in game week 13 or 14 would effectively have like 20 million extra mm. budget to people who've registered in game week 22 which it which would be really really unfair however if you are engaged you can make some profit on players still so anyone who you intend to keep post week 22 you should try and put in your team now if you can because if they do go up in price you'll make that profit on those players so if Jao Cancelo for example who's currently 6.6 or 6.7 million if he rises to 7 and you keep him past the game week 22 deadline i.e. when you need to lock in your team then you'll then be able to sell him for 7 million in week 23 or 24 or 25 whenever the sort of opportunity comes up and that applies to all players so if you sort of if you put in Mo Salah and Cancelo and James and they all go up 0-3 now you'll effectively come week 23 have 0.9 more budget than people who join bang on the week 22 deadline. So it is it is worth keeping an eye on the price rises between now and then. And it's also worth entering now, I would say, if, if you are one of these more engaged managers who's willing to check the price changes once a week. So the advantage, for example, of, of going now, make, putting your team in now and going for Jao Cancelo, for example, at 6'6", six, six, is that if uh, you come to this in a couple of weeks and Jao Cancelo is 6'8", you'll be paying that price, whereas I'll have paid 6'6", six, six for him Anyway, so get your teams in now um, and get in the players who look like who are in good form and look like they're going to rise and make sure you keep those players in your team going into the deadline. Yeah, and and especially focus on people you actually want to keep, obviously, as well. That's the key to it, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just important to know that there is an advantage here in, in going early and getting your team early rather than leaving it to like the day before or a couple of days before. Because as Josh says, you could benefit to the point of 0.5 a million over people who leave it, who leave it later if you get it right. And obviously that works the other way as well. So if someone's likely to drop who you want to keep, obviously get rid of them. Mm. Like you, do, you don't want those in your team because you might be able to get them for 0.1 or 0.2 cheaper if they actually drop. So um, just keep an eye on the drops as well. Yep, absolutely. Uh, next one uh, is also quite a big one. Uh, you can carry over your free transfer each week. And here's the key bit. You can have an unlimited number of safe transfers. It's my favourite rule as I love <laughs> I love banking a transfer. So this is... This is um, good for the, the really tight players like me who like to just sort of keep the same team for quite a while. Um, it's worth noting you get a wild card as well. So you might be able to time it quite well where you play a wild card and then you bank four transfers in a row or something, depending on when you play your wild card. So that's worth noting as well. But um, I think if you play this right, you can actually have effectively two wild cards mm. between now and the end because you might be able to save up five transfers at some point and then you might be able to play a wild card like, a couple of weeks after that so and with the safety yes. net feature as well you've got to think that banking your transfers is is easier as long as you've picked players high up the list you know you're going to get a player coming on we should be able to save our transfers because an injury doesn't affect you you don't have to take that player out if you've if you've played it right in the champions league game i, I actually found it hard to find a way to use my transfers in some cases mm. because of the safety net exactly as you said like i had harland but i knew marlon was going to come on or i knew royce was going to come on so um, yeah, you can definitely bank transfers even when you get injuries on this game, which is really, really beneficial if you if you do that crucial like setup initially where you're picking people at the top of the safety net. You shouldn't have to make transfers really in theory and until a new player comes into form from a completely different team or something. Yeah, absolutely. 
late registration uh, available for one week only. Late reg deadline is 90 minutes before game week 23. Late registration teams start on 95% of the average score from game week two. Now, I'm not a huge fan of late reg teams anyway, because, you know, 95% is obviously a big total to have of, of the average players and if, you, and if your team is lower than the average score you're already at a massive disadvantage to lows with the late reg the reason I didn't like it in the season long game though was because we don't really get a sense of who's going to start who's going to be in form all that kind of stuff so you actually get a big advantage I felt doing the late reg stuff there's probably less of an advantage here because we already kind of know who's going to be in form and, and all that kind of stuff and also you get the benefit like we've mentioned of those potential price rises and changes leading into it so i think the late registration in this is is slightly less powerful than than we've seen before yeah i can see one potential advantage to it and that's obviously the africa cup of nations is happening exactly at that time you see so it might well be that by week 23 actually we know a lot of the teams that are out and through in the african cup of nations so it might be that on a 22 team you wouldn't pick salah for example i mean it sounds wild to say at this point when he's in everyone's team but he might actually not be playing for liverpool come week 22 but in week 23 or 24 he might be Mm. so i can see that as like maybe an advantage of reverting back to some of the the afcon players who are out of the tournament but um I think that's the only thing. It's much better at the start of the season, I think. Yep. Uh, and the final rule here is about the wildcard, which you've really touched on. Uh, one wildcard, which can be used any time after game week two. No other chips, no triple captains or bench boosts or anything like that. So it's just your wildcard um, to arm yourself with. Uh, so yeah, that's the rules. There are um, quite a few differences between that and the original game. I have to say, Josh, this was, I, I thought this was going to be a basic uh, introduction to this game. I've learned a lot <laughs> from talking <laughs> to you about, about some of these rules and, and going through them. As I say, at least it's useful to someone every week anyway. That's what we know when when, when you're learning something. So I'm happy with that. <laughs> uh, and let's just touch on the, the scoring uh, just before we finish as well. So a lot of these are, are, are similar, but there's a, a few tweaks. Uh, so playing time up to 60 minutes uh, plus one, over 60 minutes plus, plus one. Uh, midfielder or forward plays a full match plus one, your favourite rule. Yeah, pick pick Ivan Tony, James Ward Prowse, Thomas Suchek, etc. etc. They always get 90 minutes. So yep. it's um it does add up over the season in a season long game in all seriousness. And even a half season long game exactly the same. And this is why if you listen to these videos, you'll be familiar with Josh talking up uh, James Ward Prowse in almost every video that we do, just because he gets those plus ones every every week. Yeah, Tony's my new one actually. He's been getting 90 every single game and he's on penalties and he's like 6.1 million. So I'm really I'm really warm into Ivan Tony this season, I have to say. <laughs> um everything else down the list uh, is 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 pretty similar. So goal scored uh, plus eight for a goalkeeper, plus six for a defender, plus five for a midfielder, plus four for a forward, uh, clean sheets, uh, plus four for a goalkeeper and defender, plus one uh, for a midfielder, just the same as in FPL, assists for all positions, plus three, goalkeeper saves are a bit better in this, uh, plus 0.5 for every save made. So essentially a point for every two saves rather than every three. Yeah, and you don't have to wait for multiples of three either. So like, for example, if Sanchez made five saves on this game, he would get 2.5 points, whereas on FPL, he'd only get one. So that's like the most extreme example where for the same number of saves on fan team, he'd get one and a half points extra. Um, The only difference is the lack of baps on here. There's no bonus points on fan team. So... um, Obviously, sometimes a goalkeeper, if he made eight saves, would be likely to get the baps, for example, whereas there's no additional benefit on fan team to the eight saves. You'd just get the raw four yep. points. Yeah. 
uh, penalty save plus five. And then uh, here are some, uh, some some of the more different ones. Uh, so team wins in the period the player is on the pitch plus 0.3. So essentially, if you if the team so if James Ward Browse is is on the winning team, he'll get and plays 90 minutes, he'll get uh, plus 0.3. If James Ward Browse gets subbed after 75 minutes and Southampton are one nil up, and then Southampton are going to lose the match, he still gets his plus 0.3. Exactly. Yep. Just the time the players on the pitch. So um, it used to be more severe on last season's game. It was plus one for every player, um, which was quite harsh on some of the t- players who played for the worst teams. So um, I think plus 0.3 is a very sensible middle ground, I think. Yep. And the flip side of that is team loses in the period the players on the pitch, they lose minus 0.3. Yeah. But obviously, as I said, this, this less um, harsh 0.3 versus one point it does bring a lot of the players who play for slightly worse teams yep. into play. So someone like Pookie still a, still a decent pick on this game, for example, because we know he's going to play every game. Yep. Uh, shots on goal. So uh, forward or midfielder will get plus 0.4 for every shot they have on goal, uh, plus 0.6 for every defender. So looking at you, Reese James and Alonso and, well, Cancelo and Trent and all these really attacking defenders, plus 0.6 for every shot on goal is is, is massive. So attacking defenders are really boosted by, by, that, by that rule. Yeah, I noticed even uh, we've just come off game week 14, I believe, just in case this is like out of context later on. But um, Cancelo, Trent and um, Alonso all obviously blanked. But I think they all all each got a shot on target or two Mm. shots on target last night. So even in a blank, they got slightly more points than they they did on FPL, for example. Yep. And a goalkeeper gets one extra point, but I think only Alisson can claim claim that uh, so far. Pretty rare uh, last season. Uh, some of the other rules concede two goals. Goalkeeper or defender loses uh, a point. Own goal minus two. Penalty miss minus two. Yellow card minus one. Red card minus three. That's all fine. And the last two are a bit different as well. So foul resulting in a scored free kick is a minus two. And foul resulting in a penalty. So not a score penalty, just in a penalty uh, is minus two. I really like that rule. I really think players should be punished when they give away a penalty. Yeah, I, th- I think... I mean, I think it's a good rule, first and foremost. I think I've been on the wrong side of this one a bit more than I should have. So, yeah, (laughs) I think um, Samedo always gives away penalties for fun and free kicks for fun. So, like, he he was probably a less good pick than I initially thought he was at the start of the season because I think he sort of had minus six points from giving away free kicks and penalties that led to goals. (laughs) So, it does does add up. Um, And I know Gway, he gave away a penalty in game week 14, which, again, was minus two. So... I think on this game he ended on minus one point three or something, which is which is quite harsh um, compared to I think he got one point on FPL, mm. which is just you know what I mean. That's like such a different score. I think it makes the like the much less attacking defenders, you know, like someone like Ben White for example, less attractive because they're never going to score, and there is potential for them to give away these these free kicks and actually end up on minus scores. Um, so yeah, just 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 bear them. I really think the attacking defenders are you know. We know already that they're they're the best ones to go for, but in this even particular, I think they're even even more boosted. Um, the only rule that isn't here is I, I I've always thought a, a player that wins a penalty should get points. I'd like to see you know plus two for a player who wins a penalty, even if it's not scored. But we haven't got that, so don't worry too much um, about that. Uh, I think that's pretty much it for the rules. Um, but yeah, Jeff, definitely check out this blog where you can see all these. This is just what, I'm, what we've been going through um, in this video. Any other strategy bits you want to touch on? Josh, your advice for anyone who's looking to play this game? Um, yeah, like I say, just it does start around the same time that African Cup of Nations is going on. So, I mean, if you pick Salah, you will end up with Jota, which is quite an interesting thing. Mm. Um, so you could have Salah, but have that safety net of Jota for like 
the time while Salah's at the African Cup of Nations. Okay, so hopefully that's been helpful looking at the rules of the second chance uh, season game. Josh, you've taught me a lot in this video. I, I built this originally as a basics uh, video, but actually there are you know some real things that people need to know before they enter into this game to make sure they can you know, have the best chance of, of winning some money. Yeah, I think, as you said, as you alluded to, just I think it's probably for everyone playing this this game, actually. There are, as I as I said at the start, a few little nuances that it is really worth noting down um, and that they might be worth quite a few points when it comes down mm. to each specific situation. So, yeah, I hope we've covered most of it. Yep, excellent. Well, Josh, I will see you in our regular slot for when we go back to the monster teams and the season long games. And obviously we'll be touching on this as well when this uh, all kicks off. Uh, but for now, uh, thank you and speak to you soon. Thanks, Az. Thanks, everybody. Bye.